Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Hey, good morning. It's Thursday, January 2nd. You're listening to the College Football Daily, a 24-7 sports podcast dedicated to catching you up on and breaking down the day's college football news. I'm Trey Scott. I'm still in San Antonio for the All-American Bowl for practices and and the game on Saturday broadcast on NBC. Uh, Today on the podcast, I'm going to bring in a few members of our National Rankings Council, Barton Simmons, Steve Wolfong, Charles Power, They've got a 10-minute discussion on a few players out here who are showing out and deserving of a likely rankings bump when the time comes in January. Before we get to them, I'm going to run down some of the results from New Year's Day's college football action. It's actually late right now in San Antonio. It's 11.40 Central Time p.m. as I record this. Stayed up to watch the Sugar Bowl. Georgia 26, Baylor 14. That might have been Jake Fromm's last game as a Bulldog. And it took him a while, but he finally found a target he really likes in true freshman wide receiver George Pickens, a former five-star who at one point in the game accounted for all seven of Fromm's completions. Pickens ended up with 12 catches, 175 yards, and a touchdown. You might be numb to those numbers in this day and age of Jamar Chase and Jerry Judy and CeeDee Lamb, but that's insane for a Georgia receiver. Fromm, after not completing over 50% of his passes since the Florida game, was 20 for 30 and two touchdowns. Afterward, he did sort of seem like a guy who had played his last game in that uniform. Zamir White, another former five-star, has got next in Georgia's backfield after DeAndre Swift didn't play. White rushed for 92 yards and a really tough touchdown. I thought Baylor played well in the second half. They were shut out in the first It looked like the Bears were about to get back in it. Just didn't quite have the horses or the juice. Is Matt Rule done? Is he going to be a New York Giant head coach? I thought one of the more unfortunate storylines of the entire day, maybe the bowl season, happened at the very end of the game in the fourth quarter. Junior quarterback Charlie Brewer took a bad hit as he was running toward the sideline. He was motionless on the ground for several minutes, I guess, and had to get carted off. That's the third straight time that Brewer has been knocked out of a game in the last three games. The ESPN broadcasting crew said that he came into the game, came into the night, having suffered three concussions already. I don't want to speculate, so I'm not going to, but it did look like a head injury. It's possible Brewer did suffer another tough injury Thursday or Wednesday, and if so... The rising senior, a very talented senior, might have to make a tough decision on his future going forward because this is sort of getting scary for Brewer's long-term health. Earlier in the Rose Bowl, did you watch the Rose Bowl? Probably the best setting in college football. Oregon 28, Wisconsin 27. Quarterback Justin Herbert rushed for three touchdowns. He put on his Vince Young cape. 
And the Ducks held Jonathan Taylor under 100 yards and without a touchdown for a massive Rose Bowl win that I think is going to be a springboard for them in 2020. You have to replace Herbert, who should be a first-round pick, but was up and down, not just this year, but all four years. You also have to replace four starters on what was maybe the nation's best offensive line. But hey, the Ducks do have Outland winner Panay Sewell at left tackle. They've got the makings of a filthy defense, which we've talked about on the podcast already, given what they have coming back. Sophomore Kayvon Thibodeau leading the charge. What they have coming in as far as freshman linebackers Noah Sewell, Justin Flo. And they're also flirting with talented Wake Forest grad transfer quarterback Jamie Newman. So this should be a preseason top five team with a strong chance at breaking the Pac-12's playoff drought in 2022. Other games. Different results in the Yellow Hammer State. Alabama 35, Michigan 16 in the Citrus Bowl. Yeah, yeah, it's a Citrus Bowl. Not really what Bama wanted, but the Tide certainly played well. Uh, first play was an 85-yard touchdown pass to Jerry Judy from backup quarterback Mac Jones. Michigan did take a 16-14 lead into halftime, but the Tide pulled away in the third and fourth quarters. Mac Jones finished with three touchdowns. Najee Harris was awesome the last month and a half of the season. He had 24 carries, 136 yards, Two touchdowns against a team that was his runner-up in his recruitment, which actually, uh, Najee's recruitment three years ago in San Antonio is probably my favorite ever story of the All-American Bowl. He showed up that week saying he did not know where he would fly out uh, from San Antonio to either Ann Arbor or Tuscaloosa. And we had to ask Tua Tungo Vailoa, Tua, is he being serious? He's really not going to Alabama. Anyway, of course, Najee gets on a plane headed to Alabama, probably wrapped up his career on Wednesday. I don't really want to talk about Jim Harbaugh right now in the direction of this program. I think you know, this was not the year they wanted. They're going to have to be much better in 2020 for him to keep his job. Alabama, though, is maybe the most compelling could or could not story in the entire country heading into 2020 as we look toward 2020. Quarterback Tua Tungo-Vailoa has announced he'll announce something on Monday. It honestly looks like he might come back. Judy won't. Najee probably won't. Dylan Moses already is coming back. Maybe Henry Ruggs or Devontae Smith will. Could be a nice receiver pairing with uh, Jalen Waddle. Either way, if Tua comes back, well, what does it mean? Well, you've got your preseason SEC favorite. You've got Mac Jones as a coveted transfer portal option. And you've got college football as a big winner because the game's better when the game's best players decide to play. Minnesota 31 Auburn 24 in the Outback Bowl. Auburn could not get anything going. Its defense got thrashed by air and by sea. See what I did there with the sea pun? Talking about Minnesota. As the Gophers rode their boat to the first 11-win season since 1904. 1904. Wow. All right, I'm going to head. I'm going to let the guys from the Rankings Council dive in to this discussion on, on players who could be due for a bump. It's a good one. 10 minutes, about 10 minutes. I'll catch you on the other side. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Hey there, this is Barton Simmons from San Antonio. We're at the All-American Bowl. This is Steve Wilfong, Charles Power, uh, three of the five members of the Rankings Council. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about a few guys that um, have played themselves into at least the conversation uh, for some possible rankings moves. Obviously, everything's on the table from this event. Um, but let's start with maybe the most demonstrative performance of the week. Will Anderson, the Alabama commits out of Georgia. Um, Steve, Charles, you guys have both seen him a lot this week. Uh, where do you stand on kind of um, Charles, maybe go first. Where do you feel like his, his arrow's pointing coming out of here? Yeah, I mean, th this was the first time I think any of us have gotten to see him in person. And it's like the first snap you see him, you're just like, whoa. Because like, his, his uh, speed to power off mm -hmm. the edge, I think he maybe looks like the best pass rusher here. And what, what's so impressive is his combination of, of the quickness off the ball. And then once he gets his hands on the offensive lineman, he's pushing guys back. And yeah. you're talking, you know, 6'3", 230 with 34-inch arms and just a really explosive athlete. Yeah. Steve, his ability to run down running backs on the backside, just the, how quickly he closes on the ball carries. And then his senior film was tremendous, 22 sacks, another 15 tackles for loss for one of the best defenses in the state of Georgia. Yeah, and already we got him ranked number 64 in the country on 24-7 sports. And so that we're talking about him like this, um, obviously that says he's going to potentially go pretty high in the rankings. And not only the physical traits you guys talked about there, but just I think the business-like approach, the intensity, the competitiveness he's shown all week uh, is, is pretty eye-popping. Like he came to accomplish something here in San Antonio, and he's, he's getting it done. Um, another top 100 guy that is, is very much in the conversation to, to keep trending up, and he's already begun that trend just beginning all the way back in the spring. But, Charles, you've been watching a lot of the quarterbacks. C.J. Stroud, yeah. I, I, I would say, is, is – I don't know. Would you put – I mean, look, we got two five-stars here. Right. Um, he, he, he's not that far away from an yeah. ability standpoint. Yeah, no, and, and there's really not, not much of a drop if we're ranking the quarterbacks through two days, and I think we have Stroud second kind of between Bryce Young and – and DJ Uyagalale and, and CJ Stroud was was this good in the summer? He won the Elite Eleven and, and, and parlayed that into a really strong senior year. Certainly looks the part. I, I think he's made a strong statement. It's probably the third quarterback um, in in this cycle. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think his look, I, Steve. You go ahead, but I mean, the not only is it even accurate to me, but within the flow of the game of the eleven on eleven play, the chaos of it, he's. He's feel, felt very comfortable out there um, and confident in those sort of settings. Well, it seems like when things are going crazy around him, it's going slow in his head. Right. He's got everything slowed down. He can buy time, extend plays, seems to know what touch he needs to put on the football, uh, has the arm talent to make all the throws, and really uh, from junior to senior year had as much improvement as any quarterback in the country. Threw for almost 4,000 yards, uh, 37 touchdowns a, a, as a senior. And so just uh, we saw him win the Elite 11 in the summer and then was even better in the fall and, and has been terrific through two days here in San Antonio. Yeah, I think as far as like the bar graph, like or the line graph rather, I mean, he's his, his trajectory is pointing up as steep as anybody's. And, um, you know, just given that, like to me, there's a lot of Jaden Daniels yeah. in him. Um, we saw what he did uh, last year in the postseason, what he did as a freshman. Um, that feels like a, a potential strong comp heading into college. Uh, elsewhere, like a little deeper in the rankings, um, 
We'll start maybe the next guy up, 119 in the 24-7 sports rankings. A guy, Charles, I know you and I have both been very intrigued by for a while and finally excited we got to see him in person. Jack Nelson has not disappointed, huh? No, for sure. And and when we were kind of going through looking for high upside offensive tackles, he was one that we kind of honed in on. And, you know, doesn't play the best competition in in the state of Wisconsin high school football, but, you know, has has really looked the part out here. Just kind of a a sleek 6'6", 280, moves really well does not look out of place. He's adjusted to the competition, seeing these uh, elite de- uh, defensive linemen. So really impressed. I think he's kind of in the conversation as maybe a top three, four offensive tackle in this class. Yeah, I think he's in the mix to be a five-star. He's going to enroll early at Wisconsin, won the Joe Thomas Award for best senior offensive lineman uh, in the state. He had some manhandling type blocks today in, in practice where he just destroyed uh, West defensive linemen. I think he's got the nastiness you're looking for. He's got that high upside frame. He's nowhere close to maxed out right now, and he loves football. Didn't consider any other schools yeah, but and, Wisconsin. That's where and, he wanted to go. Very athletic. He's, he's like it's a good combination of, of the like the functional athleticism that you know transfers over to, to, to strength at the point of attack. So he's he's one who's like like you mentioned, Steve's only gonna get better once he kind of gets in a weight room in a program. He's been winning the day since he walked in that door here in this lobby. Yeah. Just I mean he looked the parts uh, coming off the bus and all that the, the size, the frames there, the athleticism there. But then you know even today he handled some of these power rushes from guys like Brian Brzee really well so I, there's not a lot missing there so uh, it's going to be fun to figure out how to how to handle him steve you've been really excited about mckinley jackson too uh on the defensive side of the ball he's ranked 175th in the country right now uh defense stack out of mississippi what are your thoughts on him well charles and i saw him in the spring and, and we have him ranked accordingly based on what we saw from him in the spring but sort of like cj stroud the era his trajectory as a player from junior year to senior year has been tremendous i think he had like 37 maybe it was 47 tackles for loss as a senior wins mr football in the state of mississippi wins mvp of the alabama mississippi all-star game where we spent some time yeah. at uh during the week and then came out here on monday and was uh, uh one of our top performers uh, on the um, West practice, uh, just with this quickness and, and power on the interior, uh, he, he's been as do- some of his performances have been as dominant as I've seen uh, in this kind of setting all year from anybody. Yeah, and Charles, you can probably speak to this too, but like I feel like we all felt like he was really good early on. Maybe we felt like we overreacted with his ranking and tried to correct it a little bit, and now it feels like as as signing yeah. day approaches, maybe we were right for the first time. Yeah, and and I think like you know it's the every prospect has a different developmental curve and, and arc. And Steve and I were talking about this. Like I, I went back to look at his at his numbers from like the, the the spring to the summer, and he cut like half a second off his 40, 40 yard dash. And Steve, you talked to him, he, he mentioned how he's improved. And that, that's really what these events are for, is to kind of get the closest look of these guys like going into college. And McKinley Jackson, I mean, he, he admitted to it. He's, he's a different player. He, he said he's just more mature, yeah. and, that, and, and he's taking it more serious, and you're seeing that in his motor, and maybe he just didn't put as much into it, but he's, yeah. he's, he's on a mission now. Sure. Yeah. Uh, just a little bit behind him at 185 in our rankings of 24-7 sports is Jacoby and Guillory. He's the LSU signee. He's out of Louisiana. He is just a beast. Really uh, I mean, this guy's been awesome this week, and another one – I'm not sure any of us had seen him in person at all prior to this event, but we, we, I think we all really liked his profile. We were all very excited to get him in this setting. Um, 
there may, I, I, today at least, and we're sitting here on Wednesday, there may not have been a more disruptive player, at least on the defensive interior, at the event. Um, maybe Charles first. You know, this 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 is a guy that seems like he's trending up for, for sure. Yeah, and I, we, we knew about his his profile in terms of he's one of the nation's best powerlifters. He throws a 55-foot uh, shot put. He he is he's a bull, and we we knew that coming in. But what's really impressed me is he's a nose tackle who can move and disrupt mm-hmm. and push the pocket, and and not just a guy who's going to eat blocks. So yeah. that that was really kind of what what to me elevates him like in the rankings discussion. Just the leverage he plays with at the point of attack because he's so strong because he can squat 720 pounds, and, and then you also talk about the way he moves. He can really hold things. Uh, up there in the, in the interior, and, and he's pretty much the difference between SEC defensive linemen and, and others across the country in the middle. I mean, he is just strong and ferocious and relentless and, and a high-motor guy, and, and another guy that I think came out here and wanted to make a statement. Well, he had 27 tackles for loss yeah. as a senior. He squats 720 pounds. He bench presses he, over 400. He works out four hours a day. He told me twice, two hours in the morning, two hours in the <laughs> afternoon. And I asked him what he eats, and he says he just eats normal. So he can't wait to get into LSU's nutrition program and and start eating uh, leaner. Uh, but right now, he is just one of the more ferocious players I've seen at the point. I'm of telling time. you, what, you shake that dude's hand, and uh, it, it's you're, you're shaking the hand of a different species of of, of being. Uh, it's you can tell. He can move these guys around so much. So um, he's certainly trending up as well. So, uh, you know, there's a lot more movement that's going to take place, and we don't even know where these guys are all going to land. We're sitting here with a couple more days left to go, including the game. So we'll see what else happens, who else jumps out. Uh, Stick with us 24-7 Sports. All right, thanks to those guys. Continue to stay locked into 24-7 Sports for all of your All-American Bowl coverage throughout the weekend. That's going to do it for today's episode of the College Football Daily. If you appreciate what we're doing, please express your support by leaving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. For Barton Simmons, for Steve Wolfong, for Charles Power, for Connor Tapp, for our producer, Tony Levitt, I'm Trey Scott, and we will see you on Friday for the next edition of the College Football Daily. <laughs>